Hi, Insiders. We're so glad to have you back for a new episode of Disney Movie Insiders Presents. I'm really excited for today's episode because we're taking a look at Marvel Studios' latest Disney Plus series, Moon Knight. When Stephen Grant, a mild-mannered gift shop employee, becomes plagued with blackouts and memories of another life, he discovers he has disassociative identity disorder and shares a body with mercenary Mark Spector. With their enemies converging upon them, Stephen must learn how to adapt to this revelation and work with Mark. With other godly motives at play, the two must navigate their complex identities amid a deadly battle played out among the powerful gods of Egypt. And here's some fun trivia for you. Moon Knight first appeared in the Marvel comics in Werewolf by Night, number 32, in 1975. I've gotta say, I love what I've seen so far in this series. We haven't seen anything like Moon Knight in the MCU before. Moon Knight has elevated the game and reestablished that there's an exciting future for new characters. I was a kid who loved Indiana Jones. He swept you away to far off places. His quest to find artifacts taught us so much about history and his spirit of adventure encouraged exploration and discovery. It's really cool to see the essence of Indiana Jones now with a Marvel superhero. I totally geeked out watching the show and I'm thrilled to learn even more. We have director and executive producer Mohamed Diab. Welcome, Mohamed. Hello, happy to be here. Thanks so much for joining us. And I want to kick things off by congratulating you on being the first Arab director to release a Marvel project. I've seen a a few episodes. I love it. And I'm hooked. So I'm really excited to talk to you today about this. Thank you. Thank you. I'm humbled. And I'm so proud to be part of the biggest successful story in the history of cinema and being part of uh, to tell that big, big huge story and tell, to tell a very unique part of it. Oh, it's so unique and so cool. Before we dive into the series, I want to hear a little bit about your story. We'd love to know where you're from and how you got into directing. I understand Moon Knight marks your first U.S. directorial debut, but you've got a history. So tell us about that. I am from a small city that is like two hours away from Cairo. My English is because I watched so many movies from Hollywood. And that's where my fascination with Hollywood came from. And then I grew up, went to Cairo, if you want to make it into the business, and um, started watching international films, a very big blockbuster writer in Egypt. But I decided to direct my own films, which were small and intimate. Clash was the opening film of In Certain Regard and Cannes Film Festival. Amira was in um, Venice Film Festival. But I always had an eye on to sharing my small intimate films on a bigger scale with bigger audiences. So I moved three here three years ago, started from scratch. My A lot of Egyptian money are very small here. So I went to Michigan, stayed in a small apartment and started from scratch. Me and my wife, Sarah, and my kids. Sarah is my partner in everything we've done. She's a producer and a co-writer with everything. And she's a director. And I have to thank her for taking the risk with me. We got offered some projects that we didn't connect to until we saw Moon Knight. And we said we were born to do this. We put together this 200-page pitch. And guess what? Two months later, on the beach, we were like playing with our kids. We got the phone call. We got the job and we were dancing like crazy. And it was like magical that we can do that. And we felt we can do that because we are the best people to tell that story. So here we are. And that, that pitch became the show, by the way. Two years later, oh, that wow. page pitch became the show. So I'm, I'm very happy with that. Oh, that's so cool. So you've said that you're a self-professed comics fan. Did you grow up with Moon Knight or clearly you had so much passion about it? What, what did you feel so excited about to bring to the screen specifically about this character? Because I had never heard of him before. But again, after the first episode, I'm hooked. And it's like <laughs> I, I can't wait to see more and more about him. 
I love everything entertaining. I was in comic books reading everything, but we didn't have definitely the big, the only, we only had the big guys. I never had heard of Moon Knights. When I read it, I said, wow, if, if, if I'm asked, what's your dream uh, superhero? I would say this guy, because I felt he is an extension of my films. It's an intimate story at its core. Forget about the action and everything else. It's a story about someone who's learning how to live with himself. Aren't we all? having the same thing. Aren't we all living the same struggle in a different way for sure? I'm not saying we all have DID, but we all have the persona, the mask that we have, that we present to people. And we all have our real desires and who we really are inside of us. And we, through our journey in life, you try to learn to make those people coexist together and, and become one. That's why I connected with him. I, I think he's the most interesting character in the, as, a, as a superhero right now, in my opinion. I have to say I agree. It's so exciting to see a character like this in a Disney Plus series because we've seen a lot of familiar faces. As you were talking about, it's so unique, the story of Moon Knight. You mentioned, obviously, mental health that you're talking about in this series, the locations where you filmed Hungary and Jordan, just the amazing, amazing places that we're seeing in this, the Egyptology. It's so cool. It seems like a lot of collaboration was also happening because your executive producer and your director. Talk to us about specifically the collaboration that happened between you and Oscar Isaac, both sharing executive producer roles. I, I joined the project. Then Oscar was offered Moon Knight and he was very hesitant because he came from already Star Wars, Dune and X-Men. And he just felt, I want to do something small. He saw my films and he told me, that's exactly what I want to do. And what the hell are you doing here, man? And I told him, Oscar, I really think small, intimate stories are not exclusive to big budgets. In a way, that's what he heard before. So it was a hard sell, but eventually he signed in because he loved Amira and Clash, my two movies. We worked on it. Oscar had so many great uh, ads to this. Everything. Oscar was a partner from day one, and he added so many great things. For example, the accent, a lot of stuff for Mark and Steven, a lot of stuff in the story. And every day, the hardest and the best thing about working with intellectuals like Oscar or Ethan or May is that every day you don't go to set and just like shoot what you had. Every day we need to talk about every single thing, the motives, what can be better? How can we fix this? How can we get that better? And we had this, all of us, that's one of the things that really developed the story was uh, we had this table reads when we read mm -hmm. the script and everyone brought something. So it was me, Oscar, Ethan, May, the writers, Grant, uh, our executive producer, Grant Curtis, and Sarah Gohar, my, my, uh, my wife and producer in the show. And we all ping-ponged and the writers. And that really developed the show. And I think that's one of the reasons usually Marvel have this thing when they are so committed that whatever product that ends up, we're going to reshoot it, add whatever we, it's needed to make it great. And I really feel that th that table read really added a lot to that. Um, developing the show as we go and really understanding it really helped. Again, I was blown away by this first episode. Fans out there will have already seen episode one, but for anybody who hasn't, I'm already telling them they need to go see this like right now because <laughs> when this episode comes out, episode two is about to be seen. I have to ask you about this episode one because again, I hadn't heard anything about Moon Knight. I was applauding, literally. How was I applauding watching this episode like all alone you <laughs> tell did us that's about... so sweet thank you yeah i mean it's such a roller coaster can you tell us specifically about the decision to see moon knight for the first time at the end of the episode like that's the closing such image a, such a great closing moment i love it by the way i still get goosebumps i saw it a hundred times but with the great music from hishem nazi our great egyptian composer 
oh my, it feels epic. And the music afterwards. The whole episode one, I think Jeremy Slater did a great job. The creator of the show already. Episode one was fantastic. When we came aboard, me and Oscar, and uh, I think we just wanted to make it a bit more intimate as much as we can. We were giving the chance. Me and Sarah, we added that the steak scene, which is one of my favorite scenes in the whole episode one, because mm-hmm. it feels like, okay, it's a, it's a date. It's a, it's a normal day. And it's a, something, okay, that's a cute scene. And all of a sudden it becomes the most emotional scene in the whole show. And it was a, a glimpse of understanding how someone who has DID, how his life is, how everything is hard, living with DID, how hard it is. And although we dealt with DID, which is previously known as multiple personality disorder with the utmost respect, it's very important to say that this is not an accurate depiction of it. And, and, and um, this is a fantastical world and it's a superhero world. But I think through the journey, the audience and the fans are going to learn as much as we learn through the process. That I think this, that one of the smart decisions was um, seeing the, 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 the suit at the last moment. And that's just like, you will want to see that the suit and it becomes an epic moment. And again, I remember the song. I don't want to hum it because I'm not good at that. But I just like <laughs> remember the music. I mean. And I'm proud yeah. even though of the, the couple of Arabic songs that are thrown there. The song in the car chase scene. I love the, 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 the music yes. choices in the songs there. It's, it's, it's a new blend and I love it. I love bringing a romantic Egyptian old song, a hip Egyptian song, the Wham song. I love all that. Everything, all the Arabic songs are attributed to Sarah, my wife. She brought them all. The Wham song is Cedric, the, our editor did a great job uh, in picking that song. Oh man, Mohammed, this is such an amazing opening to the series with episode one. So excited for fans to see more and more and more of this. We're very excited for Moon Knight. Thank you so much for the series, for talking to us today. Oh, I love Moon Knight. Thank you. I, I'm sure we're going to talk after uh, the whole thing is aired and we're going to talk a lot. We can have a lot of spoiler uh, talk afterwards. We, I'm there. <laughs> Thanks, Mohammed. Thank you. So much. Thank you. Now joining us are directors Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead. Welcome, you two. Hey, thanks for having us. I've got to say, we're two episodes into the series. I am already a huge fan of Moon Knight. I am so excited for more and more people to see this. How do you two hear about Moon Knight and get brought into this project? I first learned about Moon Knight when I was eight years old and my classmate, (laughs) third grade, was trying to help me out and being cooler in my selection of comic books. (laughs) Like, if you want to be cool, read Moon Knight. And he wasn't entirely wrong. Moon Knight is one of the coolest characters where he's like, he's the cool deep cut, you know, <laughs> like if you're at the, if you're at the record store looking for something to look good in your collection, you grab Moon Knight. Yeah. And actually <laughs> I, I just realized my exposure to him was, I was actually being asked if we wanted to pitch for working on Moon Knight when we were working on a, on a pitch for it. Every comic book fan's dream came true. We asked Marvel, I said, can you deliver us every Moon Knight comic ever made? And I got this massive email of every Moon Knight comic ever. <laughs> what? So for days, days. And I think the run that Jeff Lemire wrote really made it come to life for us. It's obviously a totally different story than what you're seeing on screen. But, and, and it's, a very, it's a very modern run. It really opened our eyes to the, to the visual possibilities and the, the emotional and storytelling possibilities of, uh, of where we were going with this. Almost from the very beginning of the creation of Moon Knight, he's always felt like a character. It's almost like in a meta way. He, it's almost like it feels like he knows he must be bold to stand out. Mm-hmm. 
You know, that is his, that, that like the stories that uh, those stories, their merit is, is that they are weird. They're different. And, and that, that is his story. That is the storytelling superpower of Moon Knight. And I think that's why he has the fan base he has, and that's why he's beloved, but, but also almost like a well-kept secret or like the really cool band you don't want to tell people about. <laughs> I was going to say the name of that band and the music is out now because more and more people are going to love Moon Knight with this. And it's so cool to see. I want to ask specifically about how you collaborate with Muhammad Diab because you're splitting episodes here and it's not just, you know, episode two, three, four. It's not consistent. How do you guys work together when you're doing pretty much like every other episode to keep mm -hmm. it consistent and maintain a through line? How do you guys work together? Most of our uh, close collaboration came in pre-production before we all ended up on set. And we get together multiple times a week in the same room, also a lot of the time with our cinematographers, and, uh, and just generally talk about what we like. The good news is, is our sensibilities are very, very similar. We, we you know, hero worship him because of his wonderful films, uh, Clash and Amira. And he's, I mean, he's made way more than that, but those are our favorites of his, and everyone should check them out. And we would just kind of like meander philosophically around the kind of emotional stories that we wanted to tell because our, our visual storytelling um, instincts were, were, I wouldn't say almost identical, but man, they were similar enough that we didn't even have to have that many conversations about it. It, it was pretty quick that we just kind of entered into lockstep because we realized we thought the same way visually. So really it just came down to character and it came down to how do we make it feel emotional how do we make it not just about a man's relationship with himself, but with other people and make it highly relationship and character based? I love it. And what a cast you guys had to work with. Oscar Isaac, obviously serving as many roles, Stephen and Mark amongst them, and Ethan Hawke. Specifically in episode two, though, we learn more about Layla and just what's going on there between her and Stephen or Mark. What's happening here? Can you tell us about bringing that character into the series and in her introduction? You know, it's funny. It's something we haven't we haven't spoken a lot about the uh, the, the romance in this show, but there is something to it that never quite seen a romance like this at this scale, and so much of that that complexity and the uniqueness to it, all of those things, it really came from you know, not, not obviously not just the writers, but what May gave to it, and we would have these long, long sessions in rooms together, just talking about not just plot, not just finding the best joke, but also the broader philosophical implications of the show and the bigger backstories of the character and whether everything they're doing at any given moment is fully motivated by that backstory. And May was, was there battling it out and getting, making it so personal to her and adding so, so much beautiful complexity to it. And then to watch how Oscar and Ethan would prop that up as much as they possibly could and do everything they could to facilitate that, you know, even though that there's almost a necessity that the story feels like Moon Knight's point of view, that even though it never strays from me as a point of view, that doesn't mean that Layla can't be extraordinarily complicated and, and, uh, and so human and that their romance can't be highly relatable in some ways. I mean, for someone who grew up on Indiana Jones, it's like, I'm seeing Marion Ravenwood now in this series and just kind of seeing her just, exist in these spaces like their Egyptology is present and all these other really cool things that these characters are exploring and seeing and as an audience it's so cool to see it unfold each episode so I want to talk specifically about episode two because that drops today and 
the filming techniques that you guys use specifically in the storage facility hallway scene that scene blew my mind and we're seeing steven at this point really see conchi for the first time and these glimpses it felt very like horror though but also just so cool i i ugh, i loved it so much can you talk to us about filming that scene in particular well what's really fun about being able to do that is that that was in our episode, our first scene that was meant to be purely, purely frightening, right? And, and everything that happens to Steven is in some ways frightening, whether we're treating it as funny or, or dramatic, his experience starting from frame one of episode one is a total nightmare. And, uh, and so we wanted to literalize that in some ways. And, and in many ways that involves, you know, things like flashing lights and, and changing, you know, into these, these flourishes of the surreal. And that's because with the character of Moon Knight, we are coming from his point of view, but we also have to be kind of deliberately left of center. You know, we have to come at it from an approach that is from a mind that is experiencing the extraordinary that would be how we would describe our, our general approach to it. And actually, we can't really talk too much about that scene without mentioning Andrew Palermo, our cinematographer who shot The mm -hmm. Green Knight and A Ghost Story, one of the most brilliant uh, people we've ever met. And the lengthy conversations about exactly how the camera would move and the lights would change and all of that. And, but, but really, it just came down to how it feels. And he, he delivered in spades. <laughs> it's, it's really, really cool to see because... As you were both saying, it's, there's a love story in here too, but then there's some horror elements. It really delivers on so much. Talk to us a little bit about the other locations that you guys got to shoot in, because it's so cool. Like this world is so vast. Was there anything that really stood out to you filming in different locations? Obviously shooting in Jordan was, was meaningful in, in so many ways. One is, is that there's so many locations there that you recognize from movies from your childhood. Uh, which which is interesting when you when you look around and you're like that's from uh, Lawrence of Arabia. Uh, Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah, yeah. And, oh, and also <laughs> on on the topic of Lawrence of Arabia, I was standing in the desert and I realized my parents met at a screening of Lawrence of Arabia, and now I'm standing in the desert. And that without that image, that shot, I wouldn't exist. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, <laughs> oh my gosh! Was, I uh, I was watching uh, The Martian the other day. And there was a, a rock that I recognized that we'd shot near. And it was like the Leonardo DiCaprio meme where he's pointing at the TV. Like, ah, that rock. <laughs> That's so cool. You guys, yeah. this is such an amazing show. I love the locations that you guys shot in, particularly that. Obviously, Oscar Isaac. It was almost like his backyard shooting there for Star Wars and Dune and then now Moon Knight. So it's yeah, really cool to see it in plaque. this series. They have a giant yeah. plaque and statue of Oscar up in that desert. <laughs> the one person you want to be with if you get lost in the Jordanian desert is Oscar Isaac. He knows it so well. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much for the time today. It was really exciting talking to you about Moon Knight. I'm so excited for more people to see it. Thank you guys. And now joining us to talk about her character, Layla, and to take on the Insider 5, May Kalamaui. Hello, hey, May. Hey. Hi. So happy to have you here. I love Moon Knight. I love your character, Layla. But I want to start at the beginning of your story. Tell us about yourself, where you're from, and how you got into acting. I was born and raised in Bahrain, and I'm half Egyptian, half Palestinian, which people were a little confused about because starting 
No, five, it made sense, but more around like 10, I became really shy. And I, I became shy to say that I wanted to act, even though I knew it. And then <laughs> when I graduated, my family were like, you still want to do this? And my dad wasn't comfortable with it. So I was like, fine, I'll study industrial design. And then I transferred to Emerson College to their acting program. And I think at that point he was like, all right, okay. Like, I don't, I don't know if this phase is going to last I went to Boston and then I moved back to Dubai for five years uh, to be with family. And then I decided that I really did want to take a shot at it in the States. And I studied for two years at the William Esper studio. And then I started booking work in 2017. So um, it's been a really fun journey. I was going to say, wow, five years later, you're in a Marvel series, Moon Knight. How cool is that? (laughs) wild. I never would have expected that. I love how you were telling us about your story though. And one of your quotes is as an Arab, you're really excited to invite Arabs into the MCU and let them feel like they're a part of it. Tell us about that and how that reflects upon your character and what she brings to the MCU. I feel like as humans, when we see someone doing something, a lot of times it just helps us believe and know that we can, and that it actually energetically allows us to. And I didn't really have that growing up. And so I hope that this sort of opens that door for many other Arabs to to take that stage, women, men, everyone, and to see themselves doing it at that scale and know that they're worthy of that. And I feel like Layla Mohammed Diab is just incredible and he was such a champion for Layla and he's like we we need to go as authentic as we need to go and he's like I'm going to show Egypt only in the most authentic way and it meant a lot to me to pull inspiration for Layla from sort of the conditioning I know that an Arab woman would carry as opposed to someone Mm -hmm. in the west a lot of that is what I love about the Middle East is women have a very um Maybe it's a bit unassuming, but like a very soft strength to them, which can be mistaken at times. It, sh- it shouldn't be. And, and that was something that I allowed myself to lean into. And Layla ended up being a woman who is just very strong and committed and, and, and a fighter intellectually and physically, but also very vulnerable. And to me, I'm like, that feels like a woman. So to be able to play mm-hmm. the full thing was really fun and not just kind of stick to a stereotype of tough girl who doesn't feel or oversensitive woman. I love that. You totally, completely deliver on that with Layla. She's very multi-layered. She's in a world that's got a lot going on around her. A lot. Uh, I want to talk to you, though, more about your world and hearkening back to some memories that you might have had, maybe being a Disney fan. So are you ready to take on the Insider Five with us? Sure. What is your earliest memory of being a Disney movie fan? Earliest memory is going to Disney World when I was like two. And I was petrified. I think I'm trying to think of which movie it was. And I don't know if it was like Jumbo or Lady in the Trap that got me. It was one of them. But I was obsessed. I was obsessed with all of them. Oh, that's so cool. Those are great ones. I don't hear Lady and the Tramp that much, but it's such a great movie. So I'm glad that that was your opening. You're invited to a Disney-themed costume party. Who or what do you dress as? I kind of want to go as Ursula. I love her so much. If there's anyone I could hang out with, it would be her. I really respect the answer, and you had it right away. That's really great. It's Disney karaoke night. What song do you sing? 
This would have been very different a year ago, but now I think it's We Don't Talk About Bruno because I cannot stop singing that song. All I do is listen to the soundtrack. I'm in awe of what they did. So much respect for that. I love that. Yeah, that's right. We are talking about Bruno. Everybody wants to talk about him. It's a great it's just choice. Like you can feel when people are having fun and you feel that energy. Oh, yeah. I yeah. love it. I love that that song has resonated so much, and it's really cool to hear that answer. I haven't heard that answer yet, so that's great. If you could only ride one ride all day at a Disney park, which would it be? Space Mountain is Disney, right? Yeah, Space Mountain yeah, qualifies. Space Why would you go with that one? That's the one where it's all dark, right? And you're kind of... Yeah, it's, I don't know. When I was in there, I just felt like I had to lose control. Like it forced me to. I was just kind of letting go. I like that too. It's a great ride. Which Disney character has the best life advice and what is it? I feel like Korg has said stuff that I'm like in love with. You know, he just cracks me up all the time. I want to say I feel Ursula has said stuff that I've agreed with. Not in a, you know, not when she's like on one, but um, <laughs> she's just really real. Ursula's not buying into the fairy tale and I love it. I can't tell you enough how much I love that, May, that you just hit both ends of the spectrum with a character like Korg and then Ursula. I love him so much. <laughs> You delivered one of the best answers on that question because a lot of people, yeah, they run the gamut. But just as much as there's so many layers to those characters, there's so many layers to Layla. And I just want to thank you so much for your portrayal as that character, for bringing it to the world. I'm so excited about this series and for more and more people to see it. So thank you so much. Thank you. That's our show. Moon Knight is streaming on Disney Plus with new episodes weekly. So you don't miss any upcoming podcast episodes. Subscribe and follow Disney Movie Insiders Presents. And while you're there, we'd love it if you gave us a rating and review. Visit DisneyMovieInsiders.com or our app and enter bonus code SPECTRE. The code expires April 19th, 2022 at 11.59 p.m. Pacific time. Membership is required. Limit one redemption per account. Visit DisneyMovieInsiders.com for terms and conditions. We'll catch you next time, Insiders, with more Disney Movie Magic.